Welcome to the perfume room. My scent of the day today. Okay, spoiler alert. I'm going to tell you what my scent of the night is because tomorrow, I'm recording this Friday, October 29th. Tomorrow is my 30th birthday. I am turning 30 on the 30th and tonight I'm having people over. Um, Also, if you are one of the people invited, this party is so on brand for me because I have changed the location of it literally four times. Um, Twice today, the party is in four hours. I haven't done anything. I'm sitting here recording podcast stuff in my pajamas. My apartment is a mess. Um, So yeah, see you soon. So of course I was like, what am I going to wear tonight? You know, all eyes on me, all noses on me. I got to smell good on my 30th. And I ended up picking an Italian brand, Serge Nell'Aqua, their scent Atelier Marrakesh. This fragrance is actually super special to me because as you guys know um, from listening to the podcast, my mom's not that into fragrance. And even though I've gifted her a few scents and she's like come to realize that she likes a nice like skin scent, it's really just not her thing. And my mom actually went to Italy a few weeks ago and she asked if there was anything I wanted for my birthday that she could get from me while she was there. And I said, if you come across any really special perfumes, especially if they're ones that are only sold in Italy, that would be awesome. And she was like, how will I ever know your taste? And I was like, you know what, mom? If you know, you know. So that's the pressure I leave her with. Um, And for context, though my mom is the kindest, most generous person I've ever met in my life, she is notoriously um, a terrible gift giver. I'll give you some context. Um... There were three years in a row where she forgot what she gave me the previous year and the gift that I got each time was gloves for the iPhone. Two out of three of those years, I didn't have an iPhone and she'd give me the gloves and I'd be like, I I don't have an iPhone. And then we would just like laugh. And then the next year she did it again. And I was like, mom, you gave this to me last year and I still don't have an iPhone. And then the third year she gave it to me, I was like, okay, well, I mean, you know, I have gloves from previous years, but I do have an iPhone now. So this was huge. So yeah, when she was in Rome, she went to this store, HB Roma, which apparently is like the lucky scent or twisted lily of Rome. It's just like a very cool niche luxury fragrance apothecary. And she picked out Atelier Marrakesh. So mom, if you are listening, thank you. That is what I'm going to wear tonight. I absolutely love this fragrance. I feel so bougie and elevated when I wear it. It's so smoky and spicy and leathery, but then it has these sort of approachable soft floral undertones that sort of soften the intensity a little bit. It's very gender fluid. It almost feels like a mix of the bougiest cologne and bougiest perfume you've ever smelled in one bottle. And as I'm thinking about it, it's kind of interesting too, because for Felipe's 30th birthday, I gifted him a bottle of Sicilian leather by Memo, which was also a really unique, special unisex take on a leather scent. So I guess maybe what I'm realizing is like, to me, the scent of your 30s, um, if you want something that gives off sort of why is this night different from all other nights vibes in a very non-Passover way, it's leather. Now, 
Let's get on to my perfume juice of the week. Last week I mentioned that I was wearing like five of the new commodity fragrances. I finally have spent enough time with the discovery kit, which they are calling Scent Space, to give you guys my thoughts. I did post a video on TikTok, but I will tell you here what I think of Commodity's new discovery kit. I am obsessed with Commodity. I love so many of their fragrances. Such a big fan. I think the price point is so amazing for the quality. The bottles are about 105, which is like a pretty standard designer price. And I just think the smell is unparalleled. So they created this new kit called Scent Space. And the whole idea is that they picked six flagship fragrances, four of them you already know, which are velvet, gold, moss, and book. And then they developed two new ones, paper and milk. But so they have six different signature scents done three different ways. And the whole idea behind this is like, Fragrance is subjective. What I like, you might not. What I find too soft, you might find too strong and vice versa. So they have a white collection, which they're calling personal, a silver collection, which they're calling expressive, and a gold collection, which they're calling bold. And as you guys can guess, the tenacity, the intensity, the projection, the concentration goes up with each level. And it's not as well publicized, but the notes change a little bit too. Like I find that in the gold iterations of all six of the fragrances, they tend to have more ambery notes, more spicy notes. So there's slight twists on some of the fragrances. Honestly, I would say I enjoyed almost all of the fragrances with some that I liked more than others. Let me tell you my thoughts. I probably need to spend more time with it, but I wasn't crazy about paper. To me, it was a very like done before sort of like skin scent. I have to look up what it was, but if I'm like trying to guess off the top of my head of like remembering, but I feel like it was like a pretty simple like iso super combo that is like really good if you like a good skin scent, but it just, I don't know. I guess I've smelled stuff like it before. It didn't really wow me. When I hear paper, sometimes I get excited. I think there might be orris notes, but it really was that sort of like cedary, woody, fresh scent. Milk sort of smells like an in-between between gold and velvet. I have never really been a huge fan of gold. I know it's one of their best sellers, but for me, if I'm going to get behind a vanilla fragrance, which I very much can, there's got to be some sort of complexity or twist to it. Like I'm not a huge fan of like a straight up vanilla fragrance, which I think is why gold didn't do it for me. However, velvet, which is this like nutty, smoky fireplace vanilla, totally does it for me. And milk sort of is like a milkier version of that. Like there's definitely a sweet vanilla note to my nose, but it almost smells like if you've ever gotten a vanilla latte from Starbucks. Like it's got it's got a milkiness, a creaminess, a cashmere note that I really enjoy. Okay, so what are my top four fragrances from all 18? In no personal order, here we go. I just gave you guys such a long preamble to tell you four fragrances. I love the white version of milk, which is also called personal milk, which I find disturbing. Um, if you're going to tell someone you are wearing personal milk, you know, I mean, there are a few things I could think of off the dome, pun intended. To me, that was the most creamy, milky of the milk iterations. Um, there's something weird, like in the silver milk, they sent me a full bottle of that, by the way, which I do really enjoy as well. But on the skin, I got sort of like a minty undertone that I can't quite explain. It almost smells on skin, like the smell of those white Tic Tacs. You know how white Tic Tacs smell marshmallowy, but there's like a hint of mint. That is what silver milk smells like to me, which is why I think I prefer white milk. Ew, that makes me uncomfortable. White milk. 
big fan of moss. I think silver moss is closest to the original. It smells very similar to bergamot 22. I love it. I do also really like white moss. To me, that smells like a straight up gin and tonic. If that is what you want to smell like, go for the white moss. I enjoyed all three versions of book, but the one I liked the most was silver book. And that had a sort of like dewy element to it, like a sort of like soft sandalwood, almost like watery, not watered down, but like aquatic um, note to me that I really enjoyed. And then the last one, huge fan of velvet. And I love the way it was executed in gold. I love dialing up that note. I just think it is such a fun, nutty fall winter vanilla. And I love it at its full form. Today's guest is John Gonzalez, John GNZZ on TikTok, who has an amazing 238,000 followers. In this episode, we talk a lot about positioning, your point of view, and your tone on TikTok. And to me, John is an encyclopedia, a wealth of fragrance knowledge. He is the sales associate you wish you encountered in the store and so informative and fun and easy to talk to. We covered a lot about TikTok in this episode. We talked about is there a secret formula to going viral, getting ripped off by other content creators and how to combat it, how he feels about dupes and the process behind how dupes are created. All in all, I feel like if you are a fragrance content creator and you just want to understand potentially how to better market or create videos, you will absolutely take so much from this episode. Just a heads up, you will definitely hear a crackling in my audio. I have no idea why, but let's just pretend it's like an autumnal crackling fireplace and now it's even cozier. Here is John. Welcome to the perfume room. Today, I am so excited to be joined by fellow fragrance content creator and TikToker, John Gonzalez. John, hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to have you. I have so many things I want to ask you about, commiserate about, celebrate, etc. But we always start the pod with the following three questions. What are you currently wearing? Do you have a signature scent? And do you have any fragrance hot takes? Yeah, so I figured those would be the three questions. Mm -hmm. I am wearing Papyrus Oud, um, which is one of my favorite fragrances inspired by, you know, similar to Bentley. I think it's called Intense or Bentley Absolute Mm -hmm. or the original Gucci put on. So um, that's probably my signature, but it's more of a fall fragrance. So um, I'd say this summer, I probably put the biggest dent in morning chess. Mm. So over the summer, that one was probably my signature. And uh, fragrance hot takes, I'd say uh, you don't need a big collection or full bottles to be a fragrance reviewer or talk about fragrances on TikTok. I know Mm -hmm. it's kind of sometimes... I don't want to say discouraging, but it's intimidating to see a whole lot of big collections whenever you're talking about fragrances. Mm -hmm. I love that fragrance hot take, and I totally agree. I have only recently started actually like collecting bottles, and really my collection was just hordes and hordes of samples. And as luck would have it, just as I've grown with content creation, occasionally people will send me a bottle, and that's really my collection. Like I don't even – I just like don't – I don't have the – financial need or means to just like keep committing to full bottles of fragrances I love. I don't know if you feel similarly. Yeah, I I feel similar. Like I was never a big collector. I think I was very minimal. I probably had two or three in rotation at a time until I used them all up. Yeah. But uh, I probably, it's the biggest I've had now, but it's still not very big. So what were the original two or three that were in your rotation? Gucci Porom, the 2003 version, Mm -hmm. Carbon de Balmain, um, which is a very alemi fig and pepper mm-hmm. strong fragrance. What does alemi smell um, like? I see that note and I'm like, what is alemi? Yeah, 
It, it smells like lemon pepper seasoning with a oh. little bit of like acetone. Uh, interesting. Um, yeah, it's it's pungent, but it could be really bad for me. If you ever smelled Moschino's Toy Boy? Yes. Yeah, so the Alemi in that one I don't like because okay. that one smells more like lemon pepper because of the pink pepper that kind of emphasizes. Interesting. I feel like I'm getting perspective of what it is based on what I've smelled because I, I don't know the isolated note, but I know Toy Boy and I'm not crazy about it. Yeah, it's it's a resinous lemony pepper aroma. Mm, interesting. Yeah, and then uh, probably early on, I was a big wearer of Estee Lauder's Intuition, um, Diesel brand. I really like Diesel. Mm-hmm. Some of their milky fragrances like uh, Diesel Plus Plus. Diesel Plus Plus. So when did this affinity for collecting and reviewing really begin? Collecting, probably not until a few years ago, but uh, the affinity for them probably was always just dedicated to those favorite like spicy resinous fragrances since I was in high school. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed Gucci Porom. It was one of my favorites. Since it doesn't, isn't it around, isn't around anymore, I would say it's closest to... Um, Replicas by the fireplace. I mean, it does exist in the new version. Mm-hmm. Um, if by the fireplace was more resin and cedar than than what like a, a little bit nutty and vanilla. That sounds amazing. What it is right now. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Um, and then uh, since those were discontinued, I really wasn't a fan of the stuff that was in the market at the mm-hmm. time. So I ended up working on creating my own fragrances. Cool. Um, so I think yeah, in 2018 is when I started collecting. Um, aroma chemicals, essential oils, and just started mixing. Wait, I had no idea that you also were creating fragrances. Do you wear anything that you've created? Is it more of like a passion project? Where has that taken you? I, yeah, um, so yeah, I was selling them for a while. What? And yeah, I ended up getting, uh, selling out a few times. That's amazing. While I was selling them uh, through TikTok. But it was uh, an endeavor, you know. Similar to juggling and you have to uh, prioritize, I decided to hold off on restocking. But yeah, um, I've given them to other fragrance reviewers. Um, I still have some inventory that I occasionally share with others. Um, but that's about as far as I've gone. Like It hasn't been more than like an order of, of 50 over the past year. I mean, 50 is still, as like an individual like perfumer working in your own home and just trying to make a name for yourself, that's amazing. That's incredible. I had no idea. Thank you. When you started creating your own fragrances, like, were you just playing around with different concentrations? How did you figure out, like, what was going to be good on skin, what was going to last, or, you know, how just how to create and mix? Oh, I, I probably threw money down the drain buying the wrong stuff, like, the first mm-hmm. few months. I was buying candle oils um, and trying to mix oh, wow. them into a cologne. <laughs> then I realized that that's not what you do. Um, yeah. There's actually did you know a, you were doing that? No, I had no oh, idea. I mean, yeah. it was it was literally just experimenting and buying stuff that I thought, okay, people buy sandalwood oil. And then, mm-hmm. you know, it's actually what you put in a candle. Um, mm. So it probably wasn't for like the first few months. I was like, well, I have plenty of stuff to make candles now, mm-hmm. but I have to restock on actual perfume ingredients. So that's when I learned more about the aroma chemical industry before I like made a larger purchase in, in what fragrances. And then I had to do a little bit of research on what gives fragrances like this top note smell or this base note smell. And some things, you know, are essential oils. Other things are very common, like uh, fragrance manufacturer, very popular ingredients. So were you on any other platforms before you joined TikTok or was TikTok the fragrance uh, blossoming of John Gonzalez? Yeah, I would say it was just TikTok. Yeah. Um, didn't really try Instagram very hard, but. I feel like your persona on TikTok is like the like almost like an encyclopedia. Like you just, I feel like you, you have such a 
such a pulse on industry trends and you're so good at boiling things down into ways that are just like easily like almost like the way that you wish someone would help you in the store which I'm I mean I know you try and do because you actually put like the Sephora behind you but I feel Mm -hmm. like you are the the sales associate that everyone wishes they spoke to when they go into an Ulta or a Sephora. Yeah, the uh, the, the fake fragrance associate. Uh, I, yeah. I appreciate that. So some of the stuff I've, I've kind of catapulted off previous things I've learned from smelling fragrances mm-hmm. or, you know, sometimes I'll look in my cabinet and I'll say, okay, this smells really similar to what's in this perfume I'm wearing or mm-hmm. I'll just go straight to the ingredients. Like not often do perfumes give all the ingredients but sometimes right. they do. More, more, more and more brands are probably being transparent about it. What would you say is your space on TikTok in the fragrance community? Um, I would say, yeah, entertaining and centertainment. Uh, I don't want to say centertainment. That's really Centertainment. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Copywritten. Nobody say it from yeah. this point on. <laughs> no, I would say uh, educational first um, mm-hmm. and industry forward bites. I I think sometimes people Mm -hmm. want to be in the loop of what's happening. And, you know, much like the beauty industry with fashion, sometimes fragrance has its own category that people want to be aware of. Have you ever um, experienced negativity on TikTok? Have you gotten any haters in the comments or have you found your your content neutral enough? Very small, thankfully. I don't think so. Uh, Mostly it's just been boiled down to disagreement on preferences. And, you know, we we let preferences Mm go just because not everybody's going to have the same opinion on a specific fragrance. That's good because I've definitely gotten some hateful comments and I'm like, I'm a perfume creator. This is not the right avenue for your hatred. But Yeah, I would say um, like people don't understand the purpose of sometimes fragrance content. And so Mm -hmm. they'll probably be like, why did you post this? Or is mm-hmm. this an ad? Why are you talking about fragrances as a review? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you kind of just either share it and they'll respond back or they don't. I think the only other thing that wouldn't be from the comments, but it's be more like uh, the whole inspirational um, where content jumps from one creator to the other. Because TikTok is very much a similar trend heavy. We all replicate each other in some way and we try not to do it as much to, to get in, in each other's way. Yeah, I mean, so my background prior to joining TikTok was that of a comedian. And when I first joined, I thought TikTok was just such a hack because the whole idea is somebody comes up with this amazing video, then it becomes a trend and everybody replicates the video. And the idea is that like somebody else could do it and get more views on the original creators like content, they use the same song, the same choreography, the same lines, the same whatever. And that that's what like TikTok promotes. It's essentially an app that, that fosters plagiarism in a lot of ways. Yeah. And you hope and pray that they hopefully credit you in some way. And sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. That's it's TikTok. How do you differentiate? I mean, have you had the experience um, of feeling like you've seen your, your content ripped off by other creators? I have. Um, I haven't been vocal about it. Um, mm-hmm. I've, I've seen some of my stuff replicated in different languages, which is like, you know, we're going to be in different countries. I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen bigger creators recreate some of my stuff on different platforms. Oh, interesting. You know, my, my audience isn't, you know, on other platforms, so it's not really that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I haven't been vocal about it. I just realized that you have to establish your voice. So that mm-hmm. if anybody does replicate it, you know, people will realize that you're, you sound like someone I know on another platform or, right. you know, you, that's why you have to, you don't have to, but I like to have my face in the videos to some extent 
because some things you, you really can't replicate, whether it's the look, the image, or the mannerisms. Right. I've seen very specific things I've done get recreated, and I think part of it is just me recognizing, like, that's what this platform is about, you know, or, like, sometimes you bring a very specific fragrance onto the platform that truly would only originate from you because it's just not something that's popular. And then all of a sudden you see another uh, reviewer talking about it. And it's like, I know where you discovered that fragrance, you know, like you could just mention where you first heard mm-hmm. it, you know? Yeah. Uh, for, for me, I think my policy is, I think if I, if I ever was something that I would escalate to, to that type of level, I'd probably reach out to them through DMs first just to kind of see where it is. Um, otherwise, People could get petty or get angry and divisive, but it, it could be a very much a quick distraction from, from content creation if, if you get too wound up in it. Yeah, yeah. What was your first video that ever went viral? Uh, I would say it was production cost of a fragrance, and it was going into, like, I'm buying materials for fragrance making, and, you know, it's only like, I'm buying larger quantities to probably fill 50 to 100 bottles, mm-hmm. but most of these qualities are going to be in diluted amounts in a perfume, only going to cost a few dollars. The most expensive things for me are between that and the packaging. Mm -hmm. And so I mentioned that in a a catchphrase way, um, using a trending sound. And then I think that one probably got the most traction. And then I got uh, fragrance review requests. Mm. So have you noticed um, a trend in like, or any sort of formula that you're like, this one will go viral, this one won't, or it's just completely touch and go? Nothing is going to be guaranteed, but for me, like I tried to stick on on scripts or content at around 150 words or less. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would, you know, TikTok, you have to keep it short and you have to provide the most value with as few words as possible. Mm-hmm. So for me, I just said 150 words. Usually that'll put me around 45 seconds and I'll put a sketch of what I'm going to focus on. Then I really have to eliminate you know, notes or phrases mm-hmm. and things I'm, um, uh, ways I'm going to describe it until I'm at the best 145 wow. words I can use. And then I have to have a good hook and a good closing because if the closing isn't good, yeah. um, I know everybody markets the hook. Uh, if the closing isn't good, it, it may not be share worthy. Right. It's really interesting because I find your videos to be so um, analytical and detail oriented. So hearing how analytical you are in the planning just like totally checks out of like, 150 words, 45 seconds. Like your videos are always to the point, informative. And so, yeah, checks out. Thank you. I wanted to talk to you also just about this idea. You mentioned this to me before, and I think it's a really interesting one. Um, And we were talking a little bit about the idea of people taking inspiration versus straight up copying TikTok videos. That happens with fragrance as well. And you were mentioning certain fragrances will go viral on TikTok. Then all of a sudden you see dossier or oil perfumery or alt comes out with the dupe like what do you think what do you think about dupes in general and what do you think about that entire process so my thought is a lot of blame on the whole dupe market gets put on the influencers and create and content creators when i feel like it should go a little bit higher up the food chain like fragrance manufacturers or perfumers i don't have anything wrong with recommending uh, a dupe i probably don't display them or talk about them as much on my channel just because I feel like m- my audience isn't as interested mm-hmm. in it. The other thing is I feel like there is really great marketing done by these dupe companies on the TikTok space. They're probably earlier on than most other mm-hmm. brands. I mean, not only capitalizing on trends, mm-hmm. knowing how to stock for inventory or, or produce, but they're also upselling people. Like they know that their stuff's going viral. And so when people show up on their website, 
they're upselling, hey, you like this one, get these next two Mm -hmm. or get the third one for free if you buy another one. And so I I think that from the marketing perspective, they're doing the right thing from, you know, what they know how to do. Right. I also think they're good with retargeting. It's like you Google Santal 33 and a lot of these companies are going to come up with the Santal 33 dupe, like right in the first like SEO thing on Google or whatever. Yeah, yeah, definitely. They want to make sure that they are referenced in all the popular keywords Mm -hmm. and even um, content creation, like searching Santal 33 videos on TikTok, you're going to find the same dupe videos, probably right. even more encompassing because they're they're bit bit more budget friendly. Right. And so you have a marketing background. Like how do you feel like that impacts um, your strategy for creating content? And what is your marketing background for people listening? Yeah. So I went to the Art Institute of Phoenix and I graduated in 2008 with a background in marketing. But, you know, the recession happened. And so I had to pick up a mm-hmm. few tricks of the trade. So I learned some graphic design and web design work. Um, so whenever I think of the the content creation, I try not to come across too salesy. I try to become yeah. uh, or at least reposition the sales language mm-hmm. so that it's more informational or beneficial to the end user. Uh, I mm-hmm. feel like that kind of comes across a little bit easier to the ears of uh, recipients or the audience um, mm-hmm. and also um, limiting the amount of, of PR. You know, too much PR, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing for, for everybody, but, um, you know, it, it it takes over time that where you could be creative in other avenues in your channel and help grow. Agreed. I hope you guys are loving the episode. Today's Perfume 101 is a submission from fellow perfume creator, Marianne V. Grace. If you don't follow her, please go do so. And guys, continue to send me your Perfume 101 request because it really helps me figure out what you want to hear about, what you want to learn about. So Marianne asked how to store your perfume. In general, I would just say store your perfumes in a cool, dark place. I sadly have seen several of my own fragrances expire because I didn't do this. So if you guys listen to episode 17 with Tammy and Catherine of Serendipity NYC, Tammy revealed that she actually stores her fragrances in her basement in a special refrigerator that is goals exclusively for her fragrances. In episode 19, Maya Gant from Black Girl Smell Good revealed that she stores her perfumes in boxes under her bed. So you guys, it's all smoke and mirrors when you see tons of perfumes all over people's windowsills because ultimately fragrance creators know better than to keep them at a window. For me personally, like everyone else, avoid windowsills, I avoid hot, damp places, and I store mine either in my drawers or on display on my dresser, which is nowhere near a window. Hope that helps. Back to the episode. I want to talk to you a little personally, too. There was one video I posted um, about like the scents that are like sexy floral amber scents or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you commented something like your wife wanted all these scents. Do you get stuff for your wife? Does she wear fragrance? And how is fragrance in your home? Like what, how is it, what's its presence in your home? Yeah. So your video showed up on my wife's for you page and she forwarded it to me. Love to hear it. Love to hear it. (laughs) She forwarded it to me. And so that's why, that's where that comment came from. Yeah, yeah, we occasionally uh, go shopping. I mean, we're both going to Sephora or Ulta at the same time, and we'll both check out um, fragrances. But she actually has a a diagnosed with with, um, severe migraines. So Mm. wearing fragrances in the house is usually pretty light. So there's still like very little dense in most of her collection. So that's why Mm -hmm. a lot of the stuff I use is just small fragrances or small samples. And she'll, you know, enjoy them just as much. But it's usually more of a weekend event and like one or two Mm -hmm. sprays max. 
Do you have like a designated part of the house where it's like, this is the no spray zone. This is the spray zone of like wherever. Yeah. It'll be the office office. I'll go into the office Mm -hmm. and I go into the office closet and I'll just Mm -hmm. use my samples there. Yeah. And I see, I've seen your son in your videos as well and Mm -hmm. he's adorable and has quite a great fragrance vocabulary. Has he gotten into cologne at all through you or are there any like colognes for kids that you've like allowed him to wear like yeah he i think most of it is he just sees me and then he's like he wants to be a part and he wants to take uh do everything i do which is awesome as a dad to see he he loves talking about it he also sometimes just stands in the kitchen pretending to cook and so you know i'm not going to force uh fragrance consecration on him but yeah he he loves taking the little uh the paper samples to to smell himself i'd say the furthest he's gone into fragrance smelling is the scented crayons where a crayon that's yellow oh, smells like banana. Okay. Yeah. Wait, is it actually a scented crayon or he like makes it up? Yeah, no, it's a scented uh, marker or crayon. Yeah. Oh, okay. I think, yeah, that's the kid, that's the kid equivalent of scent for sure. It's yeah. like bubble bath and like scented markers. But yeah, there's a lot of scented products out there for children. Can you credit yourself unofficially or officially with selling out any fragrances on TikTok? I don't think I've been able to trace it. Um, yeah. Like, I think I could I could trace demand. And so uh, Vanilla yeah. 28, when I talked about that fragrance, there was definitely mm-hmm. a jump in demand. But I feel like that product was already low on inventory and was sold out in most places already. Um, other one was Indonesian Oud. That one. Yeah, I want to talk. I don't know that fragrance. And you mentioned that one. Yeah, I I liked it. My wife hated it. It was very okay. skunky. Animalic okay. in the beginning, and it dried down to something that was like incense and rose, which very nice. I liked it a lot, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. you really have to get through the first thirty minutes of that skunkiness, which not everybody's going to mm. enjoy. So you recommended it, or you? No, I did a, a review. So there was a Medium article, um, and I kind of just did a little research. Like I looked up this Medium article, some YouTube videos, and I looked at past interviews of like the Avengers or celebrities, like what fragrances celebrities wear. And so Sebastian Stan was a big one. Um, I didn't sell that one out, but I I know that there was uh, some demand driven so that I think eventually another one of the dupe companies ended up coming up with an Indonesian oud um, alternative. You've definitely inspired some dupes for sure. (laughs) Thanks. Yeah, possibly so. I haven't been able to trace it or at least they don't tell me. Well, you know, and I know, and we know. One thing I probably see often, more often, is I think catchphrases or intros to some of my videos that have done well have been replicated mm-hmm. by brands that are using them for their ads. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, can you think of any examples of that? Yeah. So I, I did um, a video. If you like this, but don't want to pay the high price tag, then these mm-hmm. are some alternatives. And so mm-hmm. um, I saw that replicated by another brand in one of the sponsored videos, and I was not maybe. Not to the same pace or to the same music because obviously it was commercialized music. But Mm -hmm. um, I was like, that sounds really familiar. Or maybe I I, I can't credit myself for it officially just because it's it's a very common phrase. But Mm -hmm. the timing was eerie. I did a video that that got pretty popular. And it was like, what is the smell of the Edition Hotel? And I incorrectly, it actually, they literally have, are scented by Lalabo Rose, no, not, uh, by Te Noir, by Lalabo. But at the time, I didn't know that. And so I said that I think the closest smell to the lobby of the Edition Hotel is Commodity Book. Mm-hmm. And I said that it's a fragrance that smells like a bougie hotel lobby, like a very specific reference. And now their marketing on their Instagram is like, book, smells like a bougie hotel lobby. And I'm like, 
That is so specifically traced back to my video where I literally compared it to the lobby of the Edition Hotel. But, you know, yeah, can't, I can't prove it. But Yeah, uh, the downside of being a great content creator is brands now have a whole plethora of ideas to pick from and get right. inspired from. That's true. Are there any fragrance brands right now that you think are case studies of just like they're doing it really well um, or specific fragrances you're very excited about right now? Uh, Dias and Durga on the marketing side. I mean, they're amazing. Yeah. Um, you know, they have a playlist for every fragrance. They mm-hmm. launched that Beetlejuice pre-October or I in October that. and it sold out. Mm-hmm. Um, on the marketing side and on the fragrance side, they're doing some amazing things. Um, yeah. Probably on other brands uh, I'm not as familiar with because I haven't smelled full collections. Obviously, mm-hmm. the Replica lineup has always been like a real hot uh, request in my comments. Mm-hmm. Um, Heretic, uh, I just smelled coconut vanilla or no, dirty coconut. Mm-hmm. I, I really like it. Um, I haven't mm-hmm. gone through the entire lineup, but I feel like it's if, if that's kind of a, a, a theme, I'm really going to enjoy it. Yeah. You know, I'm not as familiar with the Heretic fragrances. I feel like I smelled a few in Sephora. I think I smelled like dirty lemon and like dirt, something else. And I just like, I didn't like it enough to explore more, but that's one of the ones that people ask me about all the time. And I just like, maybe I should get a discovery kit. I don't know. Yeah. Dirty coconut. I liked, um, and the one called dirty grass is probably going to be a miss for a lot of people. It's, you know, it's very weedy, earthy. Mm-hmm. I think that one's a vetiver. Um, Oh, but interesting. Yeah, slightly skunky. What is a fragrance you've seen on TikTok that has been very hyped up that has um, disappointed you? Yeah, this one's going to affect, <laughs> I would say probably uh, Baccarat Rouge 540. It's nice, mm-hmm. but yeah. um, I, w- I would say like I wasn't shocked or, you know, blown away by anything. It's just a very sweet fragrance. And I wore myself for like all week mm-hmm. um, and I just got... I thought it was okay, you know. Yeah. It's it's great in in the category it, it is like in in the olfactive amber wood and sweet uh, mm-hmm. notes, but no, not really for me. You know, it's really interesting. So I've been um, a an anti baccarat rouge person for a very long time. People can look forward to me hating on Baccarat Rouge um, weekly. And I recently have been smelling, but that's because it smells like burning, like rubber on my skin. Like there's something really chemically that is just very nauseating to me. Mm. I cannot stop smelling it on people around New York City. And I will say that I can, I'm not saying I have a change of heart, but I can understand its appeal on certain skin chemistries because I have smelled it on a handful of people where I've been like really into it. But mm-hmm. on the majority of people, I get burning, burning rubber, burning sugar, candy floss, cotton candy, whatever. Yeah, I, I get that with a lot of the the sugary fragrances. Like people comment, like, "Why do I smell? Uh, why do I smell like a smoker?" Is in my comments mm-hmm. sometimes, or mm-hmm. why does why do I smell um, like a burning smell whenever I smell this fragrance? Yeah, right. I could totally understand that one. Have you done a video on that of like what gives something the like burning or cigarette smell? Um, I haven't, but I'm pretty sure it's it's one of the aroma chemicals that gives it the the, sh- the caramelized sugar, and I think maybe mm. um, depending on the intensity. Mm-hmm. Is, is what gives it like that. People probably smell the more burnt sugar than the caramelized sugar side of, of the note. Right. 
Yeah. Where, okay, are there any trends um, on TikTok right now in the fragrance, uh, you know, on perfume talk or fragrance TikTok that you're really enjoying? Or where do you think the future of, of fragrance content is headed? For fragrance content? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say probably uh, thinking of like TikTok related features, I'm hoping something related to live shopping or better oh, cool. product linking, um, whether if you just talk about a, frag- a product you like, mm-hmm. maybe a brand could partner with you um, directly linking it. And, you know, because right now the, the linking to products is a bit clunky in, in the right. app. Right. It's like it has um, to be like in your bio. You have to have a link tree or something equivalent. And it's a lot. Yeah, exactly. Things that I'm excited about. I really like the Spark ads of of feature of, of TikTok. And for the listeners that aren't familiar with it, it's basically where brands can use your profile to, to talk about and like your profile and your post to talk about their product. And wow, so, I don't, I'm not familiar with that. Yeah. So what's great is it's a kind of a win win. Your, your profile gets seen by a lot more people. Um, and then the product link gets sent to, um, the actual brand. But if people click on your profile page or your mm-hmm. profile, um, then they go to your page and, and they learn about you. Um, but if they click on the product then they learn about the brand. And do you, as the creator get paid for that at all? Yeah. So it, it depends on the terms. Usually it could come through, uh, sometimes people, brands will email you and see if, um, you want to do a spark ads or the, it'll be through the uh, creator marketplace, but it's in the hands of the creator. So the creator has a lot more control. On, mm-hmm. on activate, activating and authorizing these uh, permissions. Interesting. What were the smells of your childhood? The smells of my childhood? Um, I'd probably say... And where did you grow up? Yeah, I grew up in Houston. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, Houston, Texas. Uh, I'd probably say uh, cookouts. So beef on a charcoal grill. That's a great smell. It is a, such a great smell. Yeah, cookouts were very popular, and so um, like the permeated smell of a charcoal grill is like very familiar in my like childhood. Nice. And is there a person in your life that um, has the strongest smell that you would like, whether good or bad? Like someone that just like always has had a specific smell to you? Uh, I would probably either say my grandfather, who you know I think he always wore cologne growing up, and he always had like a, a vanity full of cologne. Or my mom. Mm-hmm. My mom was a big uh, aware of perfume. Mm-hmm. So, um, anything that what I, when I think of one of, of like classic colognes, um, like I think of something that he would wear, like, um, all old school polo green or, mm-hmm. or polo fragrances. Nice. Okay. Our last question before we move on to the final segment of the show is what is a typical day or week? Like, I know you are, you have a full-time job, you are married, you have a son. Like when do you fit in this content creation? I, ideally, it would be in the mornings, super early in the a.m., but lately it's been um, after dinner. I usually set some time to wrap up a script, and if I feel like it's solidified, um, I'll I'll do like a spin class, and then I'll, I'll do Peloton? it real quick before what bed. Are, where are you spinning, John? Yeah, I'm spinning in my garage, okay. but I do have the Peloton app, just not the Peloton bike. Yeah, it's a Peloton. You get the Peloton app and then your own bike, and then yeah. you get the same experience. Same experience. Yeah. Uh, so, so that's the goal. Um, yeah. And then because usually that gives me enough energy, a little bit more to, to drive out at the end of the night. And then if it's the weekend, um, you know, I'm, I'm watching my son in the morning, letting my wife sleep in. Mm-hmm. And so that's why um, weekends are a little bit more trend heavy, mm-hmm. less vocals where I'm just drinking a cup of coffee and I could just do like a yeah. goofy, silly trend. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. Okay. Are you ready to play? Mm-hmm. 
what's that smell? Yeah. Okay. What is the smell of love? Cherry blossoms. Oh, okay. Interesting. I have not gotten that one before. Oh, I didn't even ask. Where do you live now? I live south of Houston, so uh, in a okay. small town called Alvin. But I still drive to Houston every day. Oh, okay. What is the smell of uh, Texas? Uh, cedar. Sawdust. Home Depot. Cedar, sawdust, Home Depot. I love it. Okay. And then Houston specifically is going to be that barbecue smell? Oh, man. Uh, yeah. I would say barbecue. Houston's like, they love their, their meats. I've been to um, the pit. Is that what it's called? Yeah, I know the pit. Yeah, I've been you to love it? I've been to HTX. Um, what is the smell of your family? Hmm. I would probably say uh, I'd have to give a perfume and I would give it um the Lilabo one. I'm trying to think, is it another 13? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say another 13 is the smell of my family. I don't know why, but whenever I first smelt it, I just felt like one of those skin scents eventually that that hit the mark on I feel like this is a skin scent that's familiar to me. Interesting. And do you think with your wife um, being prone to migraines is something like a, is a skin scent something she could wear or even that's a little iffy? Yeah, I would say even that's sometimes iffy. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely, probably we're more top note conscious on something that isn't too volatile with spices. So like I don't like spicy fragrances um, with like cinnamon or juniper mm-hmm. and we just probably try to avoid those or at least heavy doses of it. Mm-hmm. Maybe those would be easier for her, but we haven't tested it. Okay, some some food for thought, you know? We could try it. Yeah. What is the smell of embarrassment? Ooh, um, probably Aqua de Jo. Okay. The original. I see. Was that, did yeah. you wear that as like a teenager? I, I wore it as like a, a goofy teenager. Yeah. Do you have any embarrassing Aqua de Jo stories? Um, probably not that, that come to mind. Um, I, I'm just, was just an oversprayer of some of those teen fragrances Yeah. with, with mixing that with Axe. I mean, that's like the layering combo of, of teen. Yeah. And the final question, what is the smell of John Gonzalez? I would say pink pepper and cedar. Pink pepper and cedar. Okay. I lo- is there a yeah. fragrance that's specifically pink pepper and cedar that you're thinking of too? Uh, I'd probably say the uh, the best budget-friendly version is Bentley Absolute. And then, like, the niche version would probably be Papyrus Oud. Right. Okay. I need to check up. What, who's the brand that create or who's behind Papyrus Oud? That's Parley Moy de Parfums. Ah. Yeah. Okay. I'll send you the link. Yeah. Um, great out. brand. And that, I don't think I've got a discovery set, too. Interesting. Okay. John, it has been an absolute joy to speak with you. Um, where can everybody, like, I feel like most of my followers, if they follow me, probably follow you. In the crazy chance they don't, where can people find you? They can find me on TikTok at John G-N-Z-Z and on Instagram at John G-N-Z-Z. And then also there's this new social media app called Clash that I just joined. Hmm. And so I'm on there too, John G-N-Z-Z. John Z-N-Z-Z. Guys, uh, you know where to find John. John, thank you so very much. And that's it. Perfume Room is edited by Wyatt Peak. Music is by Max Vernon. And illustrations are by Israel Rodriguez. 